If you only knew, audience, if you only knew. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the wonderful and sporadic and crazy day we've had. Um, this is Marketing Chat with Casey and Kevin. I'm Casey. We have Kevin over here. I'm pointing with my finger. Uh, Kevin Adams of Predictive Online Marketing. And uh, we have our returning guest, uh, Chris O'Connor. Thank you very much for coming back, Chris. I'll take it away. Thank you. I'm Chris O'Connor with Chris O'Connor Marketing Gems. And I'm just honored that you keep wanting to bring me back. Thank you so much. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. So basically today, we're just going to kind of cover um, some of the things that are happening in the marketplace. Uh, we know like one of the things I want to talk about is the helpful content just to see Chris, where he, what you're seeing with it. Cause I've been kind of watching my clients and I'm not seeing a whole lot of changes on my side. I've heard bad things happening, but I haven't seen it affect any of mine. Have you seen anything? No. And because I'm probably more of a white hat than anybody, I don't know that I'll see a lot of changes on my end for all the clients that I work with. Who's really getting stung are the ones who was supposed to get stung. But there's also some others that are kind of fall between the cracks that I know. Um, I know the SEO world is really up in arms about it. And I read something from Joy Hawkins the other day that it's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be. So I think a lot of people maybe, and I'm, I'm of course, this is new. It's only been a couple of weeks, right? Maybe jumping the gun and panicking before they need to panic. Yeah. Yeah. I, f I feel the same way. I mean, I know like for my clients, I spend a lot of time in the content section and researching competitors and not like, because a lot of mine are local based, so areas that they're service area companies. So I'll check their local service area competitors, and then I'll check major cities and other states and see what kind of content those people are writing and mm -hmm. what they're using for their H2s, H3s, and build out. So when we do content for my clients, it's big pieces of content that are meant to take over the main keyword that we want to rank for plus as many as it can get. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that those that seem to have done better over the last couple of weeks than because we well, write small it, content pieces too, but it's all about the human experience. If you're, if you're writing it for people who are potentially going to read it, Right. That's what Google wants. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the biggest challenge that I've seen is, you know, AI has really kind of taken the world by surprise. I shouldn't say that, but it's really kind of taken the world. And so many people are using it. Now, there, it's not necessarily bad to use it, but read. Read it after it's been written because I guarantee you it's, it's terrible English. Now, you all know... I, my nouns and verbs and all that other stuff is not correct. I am not a, a true writer. 
with grammar that's absolutely perfect. But then who is? Unless you're writing for something special, right? Yep. I was taught to write how I speak. So if my grammar is not perfect, that's okay because that's who I am as an individual. And that's really how people should write. But if you're going to use the AI tools, which I use the AI tools, but they spark my creativity. They spark my energy. They spark, oh, yeah, that's a great way to to say that. And then I can continue on from there. I don't throw it out there, have AI write it, and then throw it on a website. That's why you get stung. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If if you read this, the AI content, like you're saying, it's so, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, compared to five years ago, it is so incredibly better. Oh, night yes. And, night and day. Night and oh, day. Yes. yes. At least with the AI now, if you read a paragraph, you're like, that didn't sound right. Maybe somebody's having a bad day. Well, it's still something you should fix and it should be, you should, you shouldn't have that thought when you read it. But I mean, five years ago, you read it and they, you're like, they don't. And you know, there is a website that I formerly took care of that somebody does that and they just throw it up there and they don't ever read it. And it makes me cringe. It makes me cringe because all you have to do is change a few words in it and then put it out. Right. Um, and I know that people are big on spinning articles, respin, you know, again, there's not much wrong with that. However, read it, make sure it makes sense, read it out loud. So one of the tools that I was taught many, many years ago is that no matter what you write, whether it's an email, whether it's a blog, whether it's a letter, it doesn't matter. Read it out loud before you send it or post it. Why? Because you will catch 99% of your mistakes if you read it out loud. If you just read it, your brain just skips over the mistake and assumes it's correct. So I have always, and I swear, the one time I never read over it, I make lots of mistakes. Because I'm in a big hurry to get it out. And then I look at it and I say, I really didn't say that, really? Did I really send that? Exactly. I mean, uh-huh. you know, but the most important thing is read it, read it out loud and check it before. How long does that take somebody to do that? A minute, two minutes, five minutes. Yeah. So honestly, is it not worth five minutes to make it correct rather than potentially get flagged? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that the way we read typically, um, you know, English is left to right. So we'll we'll typically start off and then we'll kind of go in a scanning motion. So we're rarely reading fully something. Um, right. So, but the beginning parts and the ending parts are are some of the most critical, right? So if you're gonna if you're like, okay, I'm short on time, make sure you got those right. Um, people will skip over parts that sound a little wonky, like partway down. But if they're into something, they're like. You know, if you're starting off, then a four first paragraph or, or two, and you're like, what? That's not right. That's, that, you're going to be stuck right there. The readers are going to be, uh, something's wrong here. So I'm not saying to not read the whole thing, but if you're, at, those are the absolute most critical parts is get the conclusion, but the, the, uh, and the uh, opening, 
get the, you know, nail those things down. Um, read and reread those parts. Uh, definitely read the whole thing. I'm not, uh, but. Well, there's three types of readers. There's ones who read word for word from top to bottom. There's word, there's a reader who skims and there's a, a reader who picks out different paragraphs and reads the first line and moves on. So you have to try to, and that's why they tell you to bold and italicize and, you know, cause those things will catch people's eye, but, um, that you have to appeal to all three types of readers. Yeah. yeah. The, um, yeah, the AI tools are just, I mean, I've tried them out and they're fun, but yeah, um, they'll accelerate things. And I've found, found some really cool snippets, some, some phrases they've come up. I'm like, yeah, I like that. I want to take that, but yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't trust it to write an article for me. Maybe something technical with some stat lines. I guarantee we've all read some that are like baseball scores. Like they just, they look very mechanical. You don't need creativity for it. And AI probably did that. Well, I, like I said, I use AI a lot, but I add a lot too. You know, it helps me spark the creativity. And if I get stuck on, on something or how to say the word again, you know, that's natural, not stuffed. Right. And, um, what, what AI, what tools have you used? Um, I worked on uh, writer, um, a little bit of, um, hyper write, um, most of the AI stuff I use is is uh, is in uh, ads, so it's uh, the bidding tools uh, working on feeding at that. So it's not on the writing end, but the uh, sometimes they'll suggest lines of copy. Um, oh, okay, this is on your website or something you've used before. You can throw that in. Those are always convenient, just like in an email. Uh, mm -hmm. If you've if you're using Gmail, you can have the uh, the uh, auto suggest. Uh, type in a, you know, type in a word and boom, here it'll just pop up a suggested subject um, that you've used before. Um, but I haven't not, I haven't really done, uh, gone too far down the, uh, the writing software AI. Mm -hmm. oh. Well, I've used writer and that's a great tool. I learned that from Mr. Tim Vasquez. And um, I also use Uber suggest. They started a new AI writing tool. Now they don't write the whole thing, but they, they give you great snippets to start with. Nice. Mm -hmm. I've tried Jasper. You say that again? Jasper AI. Uh -huh. And it does. I like the writer one better. Yeah. And it's R Y T E R. If anybody wants to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jasper was okay. They had a, it ties into some SEO. I don't even remember what it was. SEO surfer. And it, the two of them together were okay, but Ryder was just better, easier to use. Yeah. Ryder's come a long way and they, there's so many different ways that you can use Ryder. So many different ways and so many different styles um yeah it's it's really come a long way do you use it for uh, coming up with new headlines like something to, like see if you can get something catchy sure because sometimes you know the thought process you just it's not coming to you right i mean you 
you can't be creative all the time. And sometimes you, you're just like stuck. You're like, okay, this has got to be more exciting. This you got to, yeah, a lot. And actually I, I, it gives you three different variations. So I take those three variations and then I do it again and get three more. And then I sometimes combined all the different, you know, titles and, and things like that to where it sounds like the company or me, you know, writing it, not AI. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just that saves, was... It saves a lot of time yep. and a lot of stress to use those tools. Um, especially if you have to write a lot. Uh, I, I don't write a ton, but um, I write enough that, you know, if you want to sit there for an hour and try to figure things out, then you've just wasted an hour, right? If you just pop it into writer within 10 minutes, you can have some great ideas and be done within an hour instead of struggling for an hour. Yeah, that was, that was where um, I, I started looking. It's just like cranking out a whole bunch um, and just seeing, cause there was a bunch of stuff that I was like, Ooh, Ooh, <laughs> uh, that was, that was lame. That was awful. Okay. Uh, and then it was like, Oh, that's good. None that I would say, I want to take the whole thing, but they were all like, that's, that's a, that's a, a great gem. And it was about volumes and just being able to scan through and then you're picking out at a grocery store. Oh, I want a little of this and a little of that. Um, it still it still requires knowing um, the human knowing what looks good. Sure. Um, sure. But if you keep if you keep the thought process in mind, right, how you speak, I don't think you'll have an issue. No, you won't. We try we humans try to complicate things and we really don't need to. It's it's not a hard process. You know, I didn't go to school to write. I didn't think I would ever write. I English was my worst subject. Math was my thing, right? But here I am today doing, and I did a lot of writing in the previous business, a lot of blogs, a lot of information, a lot. But I just, you know, I shied away from it because I was so concerned about my grammar and um, you know, the, the, there, 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 and the two, two, twos and the, you know, I don't know which one is goes with which one and thank God for Grammarly. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> Grammarly corrects me all the time. I mean, I think I know it. And then I of course choose the wrong word or whatever, and they normally fix it for me. But I mean, we're not perfect human beings. So just Take that into consideration. Be be gentle on yourself. You can do this. If I can do it, I promise you, you can do it. I was always a good speller. I always got 100 on my spelling. I'm great at spelling. But knowing where to use those words, no, not so much. All right, so let's turn this a little bit towards Kevin's area. I oh, keep getting so emails for... Google AdWords updating scripts, mm -hmm. the way they're running scripts. Uh, yeah, they're they're using a different code base, um, and um, I've uh, I've worked on it some. And the problem is, I learned uh, how to just be a total hack and take pieces of script that already worked, and then just work with them, and then uh, and then make them work. But it's different uh, different code bases, uh, and so I, I don't know it 
um, and it's kind of like got me stuck. So I just stopped looking at it because I don't use, there was fewer and fewer instances in which I, uh, I was using scripts. Um, but I really should dive back into it. Um, if I can just find one that I type that I can copy, they've got all the support docs. Um, they're not helpful on learning code. They are helpful on going, this is the exact, you know, scenario. And then you have to, uh, you sometimes you have, I can post up a link to where all the script, uh, stuff is, but, um, I used to use scripts for a lot of different stuff. Um, like they have automated rules in uh, in uh, each platform. Facebook has, uh, has them, uh, Microsoft does, Google does, but automated rules are very specific instances. They don't do comparisons. They don't do across multiple campaigns. Um, and that's uh, that's one of the uh, the problems with an automated rule is if I want to look at several things together and go okay well this one's better or not I can't it's not going to work um, scripts I could have it um, I could have it go in and check if this uh, check for the you know check um, I can check it a bunch of uh, bunch of data by time frame um, it just takes a little bit more uh, work to get that um, to get it set up. And um, once you've got it running, it can give you give you alerts based on you know all kinds of stuff. Um, but again, I've got to learn the new code <laughs> to learn the one of the versions of setup. Um, if you're a coder or used to it, it's golden for you. Okay. Uh -huh. And um, as far as uh, as far as rankings, I don't know if you guys have seen this lately. Uh, but there are ads appearing above the organic on search. I don't know. Yeah, it's something to look at. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I only do ads. So you guys talk on SEO and like rankings and um, where I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you guys have something to worry about there. <laughs> um, Man. <laughs> It's going to be like that. <laughs> it's going to be like that. <laughs> so, I mean, ads have their own things to worry about. All the rules are changing. Um, that is, uh, is interesting times. Um, even, uh, even keywords, there are no, except for negative keywords. I don't know if we're going down this road at all. Um, but if, except for negative keywords, would still follow all the rules. Your, your uh, broad, exact, and phrase—they're not rule-based anymore. They're they're concepts. Um, all right, stick kind of to this. Oh, a little bit more to this. Okay, try to stay pretty close to this meaning, as determined by an AI from what it thinks the advertiser means versus what it thinks the user means. So it's looking at data and words so that language matters because its starting point is looking over a page and trying to understand what the landing page the user has written is about. And now it's looking at your ad and trying to understand, okay, in comparison, here's the ad. Okay, this is what I've got as a starting point. And now let me put this out in front of users. Now let me look at what, you know, so they're looking at, uh, okay, what kind of searches have you done? What could you possibly mean in this instance? Because we all say things that could be, could mean, have a variety of meaning. Like think of the word mortgages. People do search that quite a bit. 
just mortgages by itself. And the meaning means a lot, could mean different things, even to the same person at any point in time. So Google's trying to understand what that person's could be looking for, and then matching that up with your ad, and then whether the user clicks on the on the ad or not, um, they are they are helping determine. Oh, okay. We think that based on the ad that we put up, that the user may be looking at this. And then, uh, so if you're getting a bunch of people that are the wrong people out of the bat, uh, you know, out of the gate when you first launch your campaign, um, and they're all the wrong user type, now you've already got a problem. Now it's going to take the people that have gotten there and looking, going, okay, what did what actions did they take when they got to the page? Did they convert, or did they take extra important actions? So the advertiser is sending those conversion signals back and helping the AI learn. So then it's rinse and repeat. Oh, okay, I think this may be like what we're meaning, and it's going to hone in on those conversions. You can get the wrong conversions, and suddenly. Um, as the advertiser, man, I'm doing awesome. This is great. Clients going, what the heck's going on? You're spending money and I'm getting nothing out of that. So you have to be, you know, all the writing uh, that uh, goes onto a landing page and in the copy, it all it all matters. Oh. Oh, didn't want to go too far down that, uh, that road, but it's it's a completely different mentality um, than, uh, than 10 years ago. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I was never an expert, but I certainly knew how to how to run it after I learned it. <clears throat> but in today it's very different. Yeah, it's all it's all a concept now. And that's the mm -hmm. uh, that's the challenge. You were well, gonna say something, Casey? and I didn't know if y'all wanted to keep going. You know how I love change. Oh, yeah. I don't know that anyone's like going to suddenly like <laughs> is waiting for me to go down the road of more ads. <laughs> so go for it. <laughs> I wasn't, but whatever. <laughs> so what conferences are y'all attending this year? I mean, we got September, October, November, and December. State of search. State of search. <laughs> Data Search. Data Search Conference, October 24th and 25th. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And if you're not there, you're missing out. we got some pretty cool stuff happening and some pretty good, pretty good, pretty awesome speakers coming and lots of great knowledge. And, man, we've got some fun things happening that uh, you don't want to miss. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, yeah. Search Engine Journal two days ago put a best conferences of 2022 and 23 that's left in this year. And there were some in here, like inbound 2022, I was debating about going to. But there's some in here I hadn't heard of. And Did you do the HubSpot one this week? Was that this week? Did I miss it? That I was inbound. So. I missed it. That was today and tomorrow. Yeah. Dang, that is crap. So, no. No, I didn't. That's the inbound 2022. Okay. So, that's off the list. <laughs> uh, content marketing world 
is next week. Hmm. We've got uh, CMX um, coming up. Yeah, CMX is next week. I already have my ticket for that, so I'll probably be doing that one. Uh, Martech is at the end of the month. Brighton SEO conference in the UK. Yeah, is... that one just came through today. Yeah. Were you looking at AdWorld? Well, is that the one you were looking at last, last week, Casey? Yeah, the AdWorld experience. I'm, I'm probably going to be buying tickets to that. Is it all virtual or is it in person? It's all virtual. So, and I think the tickets are. What's AdWorld? Uh, Ad. It's a basically it's a conference for. Uh, what is it? Hang on. Biggest advertising event of 2022. Yeah. A lot of these, they have so many tracks and so many speakers. But I mean, like Seth Godin, Ryan Dice, Alex Hormozzi. I'm not pretty sure I just butchered his last name, but like Ezra Firestone. There's a bunch of higher ups that go and speak at this event. And it's just a ton of learning yeah look at the uh look at the track list here i'm gonna post this up in the chat you can the uh the track list um things are very uh <laughs> interesting because the the top of the list is uh tiktok mastery um which we've got tiktok going on at uh state of search um Brand building, e-com, um, e-commerce, advertising agencies. Number five on the list, Metaverse and Web 3.0. We've got a couple speakers for that too. The uh, the market, the uh, conference lists are uh, are interesting. Um, there's uh, some traditional uh, subjects and then uh, definite new stuff coming along. Yeah. Oh, Sam O is going to be there too. Uh, PubCon's going. Yep. Who? Wait. Sorry, Sam. Wait, who? Oh, Sam. O. he's a refs, a refs, h refs, h a h r e f s, a refs. How do you say that? I think it's a h refs. Yes, thank you. The uh, PubCon is coming live to uh, Austin in uh. February. Yeah. I'll be speaking Data there. search was on search engine. You're journal speaking there, Kevin? Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I always love going up. So state of search is interesting in that it has an interesting tie into PubCon because PubCon was, uh, there was PubCon Dallas sometimes, um, Brett and Joe would alternate, and then um, they showed when, when they brought in. Uh, I don't know if there was an alternating like, but uh, I was uh, I was less experienced at the time. <laughs> it was all new to me. Um, but uh, they uh, they showed that um, there was enough uh, enough interest to do it uh, to have the uh, conference in uh, Dallas, and and uh, and um, 
Brett has a long history with the FWSCM, so he seated like, yep. yeah, you guys can can run. It was all good. So, and um, and that's uh, later. That's where state of search uh, starts as an idea. At least that's my understanding. I've never been to PubCon. I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I've oh, never yeah. been. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be down there in February. Yeah. So we may have to make a trip Road. of it down there. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. Yep. Yeah. I always love PubCon. And there's a lot of stuff. I always worry about going to things like that because it might be way over my head and I might not learn very much. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. It's it's nice. I mean, I haven't been to one in a while, but every time I did go it was you learn a lot. There's so much to learn in so many rooms, so many amazing speakers. Yeah. I mean, well, that's I know why I want to do that. Craig Gifford always, always talks about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And they've been around so long that they got resources, people resources. So, I sure hope it's not during football. It's February 2023. What's the date? Um, and they got a lot of stuff coming on Metaverse and Web3 and AdWorld. Yeah. Yeah, they do. The 27th and 28th of February. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Football's done by then. I should say Super Bowl's over by then. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities in life, right? I know. I know. They got mad at me at a meeting I was at last night that um, uh, and they're having a baby shower for somebody in our group. And I said, well, when is it? And they said, uh, October 23rd at two o'clock. And I said, are you kidding me? And they said, why? And I said, why do you have to have a baby shower on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon at two o'clock when it's football season? <laughs> What's your team? Who do you think? Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. And Green Bay. What? Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah. You're a cheesehead? I am. Oh, geez. Born and bred. Born and been... bred. Hey, I... I get bragging rights. My father was at the Ice Bowl. My father and my uncle. Oh, okay. All right. That's some cred. So do you think I come from a football family? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because... My brothers aren't as big football fans as I am, and my son could care less. My grandmother got me into the Cowboys. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, we used to have big Super Bowl parties when I was younger. Uh, I say big. It was a big family event for a Super Bowl party. Yeah. So... Oh, Absolutely. I remember messaging you back and forth when there was like, with the Ravens and was it Ravens and Niners? The, there was the, well, that was the one with the blackout, right? Uh, almost totally turned the tide of the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we were talking a lot during that. There was <laughs> all the the advertisers hopped on board so quick on that one. I think Oreo did something like as soon as it happened, they posted a tweet about it. So, you know, the commercials aren't as good as they used to be. No. You know, I can't look at regular broadcast TV the same because the only thing I want out of regular broadcast TV, and now they're, you know, it's not pure regular broadcast, but they're not doing anything to earn the ad. Uh, on my watch time except for except for the content that they brought right and if i want to continue the content which is football right i i'm i'm going to watch the ad but in, if you're going to uh, let's say youtube um there's a skip button there's no skip button on a football game uh and this this is the like biggest reason why the the, the ads on broadcast are just like catch me I'm like whoa like because oh okay we have a captive audience we don't have to worry about it. you're gonna watch one way or the other um if you don't like football you, you can tune or turn away if you like football sorry you're here um and uh and i think needing to work for the ad for the user's uh um viewing time i, I think it makes for a better experience yep yeah <clears throat> Sorry, I turned it into football. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's it's a it's a, I mean it's you know a cultural and it's where you know a lot of ad dollars go into that. A um, lot of ad dollars. Gaming uh, now, right? Unless you're Coinbase and just put up a QR code. <laughs> yeah. That was still. Yeah, that was still amazing. You know, I, there's a there's a uh, it used to, there's a, a a more negative sentiment um, from um, Gen X and older uh, on QR codes because of the way they were presented to like in the uh, late 2000s and early uh, teen 2010s is I mean especially in marketing because how many how many rooms were sitting in. Yeah, we're going to run a promotion. What are we going to do? We're going to put up a QR code. And suddenly it's QR codes are going to be everything. First, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, that, that sounds amazing. Uh, and, and it could be, but I mean, we have to take our phone out. And then there wasn't an app associated. Con how many times did you have to pull the phone out? Then you had to figure out a way to get that information. So it could be it could be useful, um, but it was it was terribly inconvenient at the time. And then many marketing campaigns were like would die right there, or or worse, they would continue with the. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to give them a QR code. What's the promotion? That's it. Yeah, they get to find out what's in there. What? Yeah. This is a terrible idea. We're not. We're not actually promoting something. The QR code is the promote. So. There's a negative. <laughs> they, they've come a long way, but that was that right there. That's what Coinbase did. Yep, they did. And it was. I think it was amazing, but that's just because out of 
all the high productions, they literally just slapped a QR code on a screen. <laughs> like, talk about the laziest way to do it. <laughs> Everybody scanned it. Well, Q, advertising can be. Sorry, we're going back to ads, aren't we? Right? <laughs> or, or, yeah. You started it with football, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, so people well, who are, are intrigued already about crypto, right? Okay, might go in there. If you're already into crypto, you're just reminding the person they need to check on their crypto, all right? Um, so yeah, you could you could increase. Okay, okay, maybe I'm a little like let me think about this crypto. This is you know coming. Uh, Crypto's coming out party to a lot of people. Um, the uh, I don't know if that was sounded right. Uh, whatever. Um, the uh, no saying okay. But if you're not into crypto, what is that doing to convince you of anything? Nothing. Well, I don't Nothing. know. I'm not into crypto. My son is, but I'm not. Yeah. So if you saw that and you weren't into crypto, and you're like, I've been hearing about this crypto. Oh, it was a QR code. The very audience that you're trying to attract is probably like that, that that is not going to speak to. I mean, I, I get it. Sometimes it's it's about getting to your base. Maybe it's the yeah. people who are already into crypto. Okay, let's keep them away from, you know, Ethereum. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you put in the money for a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Sorry to... If anybody was part of that project and felt like they should just, they were dying a little bit inside when it continued forward. Yeah. I feel right there with you. <clears throat> well, I've always liked the Super Bowl commercials where they actually have students come up with some of these great commercials and some of them are just downright funny. <clears throat> they get the point across, but they're just funny. And I just, yeah. I really enjoy those. They, um, I like I said, I'm just disappointed that they're not as much fun as they used to be. It's like you know, you you wouldn't want to get up from the TV during any commercial. You don't want to go to the bathroom, right? You don't want to get a beer. You don't want to get food. But now I don't even care because it's not like I'm going to miss anything because they show so many of them before on that show. They show practically most of them on that show, and it's like, okay, well, I've seen them now. I don't want to. I don't need to see yeah. them during during the Super Bowl. I yep. like the Bud Bowl. I was like trying to figure out who's going to be, what's going to happen in the Bud Bowl each year. I started getting into that, and then that you know, a little outdated, but <laughs> just a wee bit. Um, That's okay. I liked it when they had the uh, the uh, you know you could. Uh, Running the what the celebrity death match at the same time as the uh, Super Bowl halftime, so you could switch over and see terrible stuff happening to Play Doh figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the years I was seeing the other day that Grant Cardone held his conference Super Bowl weekend, one of his 10x conferences. It was his first one he did on Super Bowl weekend. Just to help filter people out. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. I know we have some other videos. Well, I say we people on this podcast 
video, whatever we're calling what we're doing, have other videos with people that need to get done tonight. So we're going to wrap it up a little early. Once again, I just want to thank you, Chris, for hopping on and yeah. coming in here and just talking with us. I mean, I've, we covered a whole Absolutely. Spec. Should we end this laughing just like we did coming in? <laughs> <laughs>